Let's start the audio recording again! Woo! Ten fictional doctors say that you should start your day the generic live show way. This is the generic live show. Thanks for joining us here on the generic live show for a Sunday. Thanks for joining us. It's Dale Campbell here with you. It's a pleasure as always. And now that I've lost out your ear holes, we can start the show. Thanks for joining us. It's 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 a.m. Eastern Time in. The, on the east coast of the United States of America. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. As per always, it's Al Campbell here with you. We're doing it for Geek.io. Right off the bat, because I, I know you're listening to this. Happy birthday to the one, the only, CJ Boat. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo. I know you wanted that. No, you're not getting the rest of that because I say so. Uh, mainly because I don't have that queued up on this on this soundboard. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, by the time I pad a little bit, it it'll it'll come up. No, it won't. Okay. Unfortunately, something by Tank and the Bangers came up instead. <laughs> who the hell is who the hell is Tank and the Banners? I want to know who they are. Uh, this show, this show is already off the rails. And yeah, he, he is the rest of it. Actually, you know what? We'll find out. That's right. <laughs> that is a strange reference. If That is a strange reference if you do not listen to... The Geek.io Show, and if you do listen to this and you're not listening to The Geek.io Show, what are you doing? Thursdays, 10pm Eastern, the, that's US Eastern, that's 12 midday on Fridays, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Go listen to that, because it's amazing, and I'm there, so, and I'm there, and I'm here, and, and CJ Boat, it's your birthday, live it up, my friend, and do what you do, because what you do is amazing, and you know it, so there, and you don't, and you don't need me to tell you, so there you go. It is CJ Boats. Oh, birthday! Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna close that before the show gets even further off the rails. And first and foremost, and also housekeeping at the top of the show here, I want to thank everyone for the kind words last week. And if you don't know what happened, listen to last week's clip of the week for all the details. But let's just say I presented Epic Rants Volume 4 because it's always fun. It is always fun. There you go. Uh, but but I'm not presenting Epic Rants Volume Four this this week. This week, what I'm doing is it's it's going to be interesting. This this week is probably going to be the most interesting. I think it's been in a long time. The headline is simple. Man, there are a lot of ads on this page. Anyway, the headline is simple. The headline reads. Oh, go away. Ads, come on. Malcolm Turnbull could face high court challenge over illegal gay marriage postal vote. Uh, 
So what you need to know is Malcolm Turnbull faces a high court challenge if he proceeds with postal vote. Conservative liberal politicians went went postal poll to determine gay marriage. I want postal poll to determine gay marriage. Excuse me. Prime Minister is calling an emergency meeting to discuss same-sex marriage. It comes as oh, excuse me, moderate moderate liberals push for a a conscious vote in Parliament on the issue. Oh, I really just slapped my microphone. Malcolm Turnbull can face a high court challenge if he goes ahead with a postal vote on gay marriage. Uh, we're going to be introducing to you for uh, the people that are being called the four musketeers of gay marriage. And, okay, maybe I am going to present Epic Rants Volume 4, but I'm going to keep it at least shorter this time. Uh, can we not call it gay marriage, please? Can we call it marriage equality? Just, just a little, just a little gripe that I have calling it gay marriage. It is marriage equality. It is equal... Uh, call it equal marriage too, but don't call it gay marriage because that's just putting it in its box, and that's the problem. It's putting it in a box. The morning from top constitutional lawyers comes to the Prime Minister prepares to hold an emergency meeting with Liberal MPs on the refining, on redefining marriage. Liberal MPs from the party's right faction want a postal vote on gay marriage in a bid to thwart any attempt for moderate MPs to support conscious vote in Parliament. As I scroll down and see a whole bunch of interviews. Um, oh, this is interesting. So, what I understand this audio clip to be is... Uh, uh, is... Tim Wilson was being... was being... Interviewed on this matter, and he walked off. And this is this clip. This Why have you changed your mind and are talking to us now? Well, I never said I didn't want to discuss it. It's just that I had nothing new to say. That's all I said uh, at the time, and that was my view at the time. And I wanted to talk about other things, but obviously, since then, we've had a special party room meeting that's been called. We're in a situation where we're going to have to deal with the issue. So let's deal with it head on. Okay, there you go. However, oh no, we're going to. We're going to cancel that. However, constitutional lawyers Ron Merkel, QC and Christopher Tran have prepared legal advice which argues a postal vote on game equal marriage. I'm reading the scripts, kids. Don't get up me. Would invalidate it unless it was underpinned by new laws, the, Her the Sun Herald reports. Parents and friends of lesbians and gays campaigner Shelley Agent, yes, that's actually the name of the agency, told the newspaper that she did not hesitate to take the government to the High Court based on this advice. Uh, gay liberal politicians Tim Wilson, Trevor Evans, Trent Zinnerman and Dean Smith have threatened to cross the floor and vote with Labour and the Greens if there is a conscious vote on equal marriage. So that they're, they're going to they're gonna jump ship, so to speak. And with a, a parliament as as tight as the Australian ones, as the Australian one is, you don't really want that happening too often because it definitely... We don't necessarily have a, a hung parliament, but we definitely have a, a parliament that is definitely in the balance as it is over there. The Prime Minister is declaring to take a position on the issue and has promised to hold a secret ballot if it comes to that. 
right-wing Liberal MPs, including Immigration Minister Peter Dutton, are pushing for a postal vote on gay marriage after the Senate Mr. Turnbull's election promise of a plebiscite on redefining marriage. Uh, marriage excuse me. Tony Abbott's former chief of staff, Petra Cleden, said on Wednesday night a postal vote is the safe valve that pursues Mr. Turnbull's leadership. Wow, really? Mm. That's, that's interesting. It's interesting to say it that way. Speaking on the Bolt Report, Mrs. Creedon said a postal vote could happen before Christmas and help to satisfy rumblings in the Liberal Party room. Man, I hope so. Under Liberal Party rules, backbenchers are permitted to cross the floor and vote against their party because, well, they're just voting on, they're voting on an issue. They don't have to stay within party lines. There is yet to be a firm vow to cross the floor by any rogue MPs who are currently leading the way for changes to liberal policy. Uh, so here we go. What? Oh, we've got 25 seconds I here. Think, I don't think that Malcolm Turnbull will be here at the end of the year, but I suspect it won't be just this issue that brings him down. Something where he would have to resign or they'd blast him out of the seat, Peter? Either or. I mean, it's... Interesting that the postal vote matter is the one that's pushed forward very much by the Conservatives. Um, Chris Cormann and in particular uh, Peter Dutton and but for those two men Malcolm Turnbull would not be Prime Minister. Uh, apologies for uh, the skipping of audio there and the quietness of, of the audio. Uh, Mr Turnbull gone by Christmas claims Peter Creedon. Now, let's move on to the Four Musketeers. Ba -ba -da! Do we have musketeer music? Do they make uh, the musketeers? I don't even know how to spell musketeers, but anyway. Uh, I'm probably going to get in trouble for playing this, this music, but you know what? Why not? No, I don't want the full... Oh, wait, okay. They have, they have songs, right? In the, in the, in the thing? Okay. Uh, here we go. So let's let's uh, yeah, three musketeers. There you go. Battling across the earth in search of marriage equality. The three musketeers. Home by Christmas. That's the ti That's the title of it. That's the that's the sequel. Home by Christmas. So Tim, Trevor, Warren, and Trent are the four people we're going to hear a lot from in the next couple of weeks as there'll be another crack at legalising marriage equality in Australia. There are four blokes in the media dubbed the Marriage Rebels. Uh, I don't think so. And their recent push f to bring a free vote on marriage equality which could come to a head as early as next Tuesday. Hey, so we're going to be talking about this this again next week, so there you go. There have been widespread speculations if the coalition party's room sticks to the government's failed plebiscite polishes, Tim Wilson, Trevor Evans, and Trent Zitterman, proud gay men, could join Warren, the Warren, with Warren Ench and crossbenchers to trigger a marriage equality vote on the floor of Parliament. Now, Warren Ench, uh, I've, I said this, uh, I've said this here locally, I've said that Warren Inch has the 
Angela, Ang, Angela Merkel approach to legalizing achieving marriage equality. That's the proper way of saying that. Uh, that not a supporter, but can see how it works. Better servment of the people is is Mr. Encher's approach to it all. Uh, if it was an extraordinary event to occur, the men would risk damaging their political standing within the party in an effort to pass marriage equality, which could happen by the end of the month. This could happen between Christmas, the end of this month, and Christmas. Quick note, though, another crucial player in the quote-unquote ambush is Senator Dean Smith, because Smith is in the Senate, he wouldn't be a part of the dramatic move in the lower house. So there you go. Uh, and there's a there's a podcast interview thing. Okay, here we go. Let's meet these musketeers, shall we? Let's start with Trevor Evans, the 35-year-old Liberal MP for the capital city seat of Brisbane. Evans has an honour degree in economics and previously served as the high CEO of National Retail Association, the peak industry for foods and uh, for shops and stores across the country. In 2010, Evans worked as the chief of staff to f- fellow Queenslander Peter Dutton. Oh, we all know who Peter Dutton is, don't we? Mm-hmm. Last year, Evans delivered his maiden speech to Parliament, thanking his, uh, quote, my partner Roger, my best friend and source for unconditional understanding. Your smile will shine through any darkness. I love you, unquote. Evans took to lead media instigator of rebellious push this week, appearing in The Australian on ABC Radio and ABC's Late Line on Monday to talk about the need for a free vote. Next up on the three musketeers is Tim Wilson, another rookie MP which is floating around the political circles for years, according to this article, including a stint as Australian Human Rights Commissioner. He also was also the policy director of the right-wing think tank, the IPA, and also is known to send a tweet or two that got people pretty mad. Mm-hmm. Last year, Wilson broke down in tears during his maiden speech talking about his fiance Ryan. For, quote, for seven years, a ring has sat on both of our left hands and they are the, uh, they are the answer to the question we still cannot ask. But most importantly to my fiance Ryan. I know you have sacrificed so much for me to be here today. And we are only at the end of our beginning. For seven years a ring has sat on, the both, on both of our left hands. And they are the answer to a question we still cannot ask. No matter what happens from here, we have already achieved more than many who come and go from this place because we have lived the change we seek in the world. Now that is... That is a tough pill to swallow, I think, personally, is is that you are a, a member of a party and particularly a member... A member of a party, but not only that, a, a member of a party that has a faction that this person may or may not be uh, affiliated with. I don't necessarily know Wilson's political standings or standings within the Liberal Party, 
but it's hard it will be hard it would be hard to kind of be in that group but kind of have this personal struggle of wanting to have marriage equality and move on with their life personally him and his fiance's life personally and kind of moving on from that barrier would would be particularly hard i would imagine that that's just that's just my personal personal belief in that one in the wake of plebiscite legislation player wilson has called for the government to resolve the issue in parliament Despite Wilson, at the start of his parliamentary career, he has already managed to attract some threats to his career from anonymous liberals in the media. Mm -mm. Next, we've got Warren Ench, the long-serving Queensland MP from mm -mm, my neck of the woods, uh -uh, who has spent years advocating for the parliament to vote for marriage equality. And she's also known to be a prolific hugger in parliament. He bloody loves it. He does love a good hug. No, like, not kidding. Ench likes to hug people. And then finally, we've got North Sydney MP Trent Zinnerman, who replaced retiring Treasurer Joe Hockey in his final member of the Marriage Rebels. Bah, bah, bah. There you go. The 48-year-old, who has been an advisor to Joe Hockey and former Senator Robert Hill, also a public service announcement, Zinnerman is as listed as single on his official MP profile. The MP used his maiden speech last year to talk about his sexuality and marriage equality. Zitterman also marched in the Sydney Mardi Gras last year and gave Liberal, uh, sorry, Labour leader Bill Shorten a big old hug. Not the hugs uh, going on here. Now, and I think on extension from Mr. Wilson's point. That because that's that's what I really want to narrow down on, and now that these stories of these gay liberals and and gay conservatives are coming out as well, which is is a thing. I'm not not disregarding that that was a thing even back last year when that whole debacle went down, and we were talking about the federal election around that time of the time of the year as well. I think. For me, what breaks down here is it's starting, and it always has, but particularly on the back end of a failed plebiscite, a plebiscite that didn't even get to action, I think the hardest and most difficult thing there is, it's kind of, the most difficult thing there is, is it's impacting these people's lives personally. And nine years is a long time, and that is a very long time. And for that to, own, A, only now have an impact, but B, to have an impact at all, is a huge thing. And it's a big, it's a big block in not only one person's life, but a, 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 a country's life, because this is, this is one person's example. I, I'm pretty sure if we had an open phone line here on the Genetic Live Show, I'm sure we would get floods of calls saying that, yeah, I'm in this situation, you know, we wanted to get married and that sort of thing. And I, like my sister, for instance, who is engaged and would hope, I would imagine and would hopefully 
cross that line and I'd be forever happy for her to get married to her fiancé one day. But that can't happen and that is also a big roadblock in, in her life and that's that impacts a person and eats away at them and they can't really perform their duties on a day-to-day basis because they just don't seem to be getting anywhere as well. And that's that's huge. But one point I want to make before we go to a commercial break here, one thing I want to mention is that it, it's... People, you don't have to... And I think I said this last year, if not, I mentioned it somewhere, is that you don't have to like it to support it. And that's been forever clear since Germany legalized legalized marriage equality earlier this year, is that Angela Merkel voted no. So she voted no for a vote that she implemented if that makes sense, because she saw the greater benefit in there. And again, it's not just about the institution of marriage. Again, you've got other factors you need to consider as well, like economics and that sort of thing. If you if you want to hear all of this, I've talked about this all in the past before, but again, the four musketeers to the rescue. But yeah, as, as early as next Tuesday, so we're definitely going to give you keeping an eye here on the Genetic Live Show about this story for sure. It's definitely going to be definitely going to be a thing that we're going to be keeping our eye on as we continue here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. Well, Pokemon Go seems to be struggling a little bit, so it's no surprise that it's trying different avenues to stay relevant in 2017. As we continue here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday, it's Dale Campbell here with you. We're doing it for Geekio Live and on your hard drive for a Sunday twitch.tv slash generic live show simulcast at geek-io.net and where good podcasts are sold. Thanks for joining us here on a Sunday. It's 9.22. (laughs) to give you a big dose of genericness. This is the Generic Live Show. Thanks for joining us here on a very hot and sweltery Sunday evening. I don't know what's going on here in the HQ, but I do. I think things are a little bit steamy here in the studio today. Thanks for joining us. Well, that doesn't really matter if you're listening on podcast. That doesn't really, that doesn't really affect you. But let me see what the temperature is, actually. Now that we mentioned that, what is the temperature? Actually, we can do this. I, I have a new phone. I'm going to turn the back of your track off. I, I bought an iPhone, so we can we can ask at any time during the show, because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the new show, Suri. Hey, Suri. Hey, Siri. Welcome to the generic live show. It just says, I'm sorry. 
Hey Siri, tell us a story. This is great radio. It was a dark and stormy night. No, that's not it. <laughs> okay, so no, let's let's for serious now. Let's ask Siri what 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 the weather is. Uh, hey Siri, what is the weather in Cairns, Queensland, Australia? Today, the temperature will range from sixty nine degrees to eighty four degrees. Okay. It's currently 73 degrees. That's Fahrenheit. Don't ask why I have it in Fahrenheit. But I do. So there you go. Because I'm learning space points. You know, we all have to learn different things. So I'm learning I'm learning space points. So that, that, is, that is Suri. Ladies and gentlemen, the new, uh, new Australian on the podcast. It's Dale and Suri in the morning for you. So there you go. Has, thanks for joining us. Patreon.com slash geek. <laughs> If you want to help us out by getting an actual co-host and not a robotic one, so there you go. That's that's exciting. So Pokemon Go is having a tough time. Uh, having a tough time. Hey Siri, how do you how do you play Pokemon Go? Let's see. Here is what I found. Take a look. Oh, okay. That's it. Wants me to. It wants me to. It wants me to read. What do you take me for, Siri? All right. So. Uh, Pokemon Go is having some tough times, but when Pokemon Go took over children's screens last year and most teachers were struggling to keep it out of the classroom, a school on the New South Wales Central Coast decided to incorporate the popular game into their science lessons. After students in the International Football School in Karong have quote-unquote caught the Pokemon in the Botanic Gardens using the automatic reality app on their phone, their science teacher would talk about them that all about the plants around them. Huh. Okay, so it's... It's... It, it's... It's so kind, of, kind of when they take the photo, I guess? I don't know. Students at the Sports Focus School, which ran, runs from kindergarten to grade 12, are also encouraged to play other popular video games, including Clash of Clans and Ingress in the classroom to build their communication and teamwork skills. Quote, we're using what the kids already like to do uh, to get outcomes. The games are conduct for discussions about other things, the school's head of curriculum, Dean Groom, said. Groom. About half of Australian students are now using video games in the classroom, up from one-third in 2015, according to an international survey found in the 2018 Digital Australia report. About 70% of parents believe video games can effective for teaching and motivating students at school. 64% believe they can help pay attention, and 62% believe they can help schools remain relevant. The report-led author Jim Brand said the growing acceptance of video games is linked to a broader demographic of Australia's playing games at home. About 93% of households have gaming devices, 67% of Australians play video games. Okay, uh, wait, okay, hmm. Sidebar, are they counting phones as... as... Gaming devices, though? Is that what's happening here? I bet that's what's happening. Of those, 77% were age 18 and over, and the average age of the video game is now up 34. Up from 24 and 24.
2005. Quote, kids and teachers uh, in schools both play video games and 87% of parents play games themselves, Dr. Brand said. Let's ask our special guest, Siri. Hey, Siri. What video games do you play? Nope, okay. Hey Siri. Do you do you play any games? I found an article about game. Shall I read it to you? Yes. A game is a structured form of play, usually undertaken for enjoyment and sometimes used as an educational tool. Games are distinct from work, which is usually carried out for remuneration, and from art, which is more often an expression of aesthetic or ideological elements. However, the distinction is not clear-cut, and many games are also considered to be work or art. Games are sometimes played purely for entertainment, sometimes for achievement or award as well. Huh. Okay. Very informative, Siri. You know what? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna work in I'm gonna work in a bit where I actually have Siri on as an official guest. Mm, that could work, but we'll we'll figure that we'll figure we'll figure that out at another at another time. But anyway, that that's what a game is, ladies and gentlemen. You learnt you learnt what? Uh, one more question for Siri. Hey Siri, how do you play a game? Yeah, let's not do that. Okay, as we continue, here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday, I, uh, Pokemon Go, in the classroom. Get on it. Also, uh, that report. <laughs> I love that the series just went on a massive tirade. Okay, by the way, the, th- that, that segment ends there. There you go. Uh, thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. Well, the Brexit still continues to be a massive threat. But this time, I can hear talking in the background. Uh, this time, it's hit in another area that I don't think we've touched on here much on the Generic Live Show. And we'll tell you more as we continue here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Daryl Campbell here with you. It's 9.31. New Macca's Chicken Sides Box. Three crispy tenders made with 100% Aussie chicken and 10 chicken McNuggets. Made for easy dinners, made for family. found the most generic live show this is the generic live show thanks for joining us here on the generic live show for a sunday it's dale campbell here with you we're doing it for geek.io thanks for joining us what a funky burp that was a funky funky burp thanks for joining us here on a sunday with dale campbell it's a pleasure to be here as per always it's great to be here and to stop that television in the background, which is weird, uh, but I had to close my window, and now it's even hotter in here. It's getting hot in here, so hot. Uh, unfortunately, our guest Siri had to leave, so that's 
That's unfortunate. Hey Siri. Okay, that didn't work. Ooh, I outsmarted the iPhone. Uh -huh. Yes, Queen, I did. So unfortunately, unfortunately, she, the, the, the Siri had to go. So and don't really. There you go. That's unfortunate. Mainly because that bit was not funny. But anyway, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Brexit continues to to. I, I think. Can we safely say that Brexit's causing growing pains? Is that? Uh, is that a, is that a, can we say that because I think it's certainly growing to be this certain thing. So it is fair to say that it is going through some growing pains because it is, it's certainly this, this thing that is continuing to grow to be this massive outlandish thing and a part of that is kind of having this shaky grounds of trying to figure out, okay, how is trade going to be set up? How's the economy going to function without the EU as a supportive background? How is it going to kind of shape up? But... So let's let's move on here. The freedom of movement between the UK and the European Union. Oh, today, sorry, properly set up this uh, this bit here. Uh, this news article, the segment. We're talking about immigration. So I don't I don't know if we've we've talked about immigration in its in its fullest. So. Here is, here's what Brandon Lewis has told the, the BBC about freedom of movement particularly coming under fire. Free movement of labour ends when we leave the European Union in the spring of 2019. I'll be very clear about that. Freedom of movement ends then, so why should everything else, all the advantages that some people see that we get, are free trade, part of the single market, why will that not also end? Well, obviously, there's a two period of negotiation we're going through with the European Union at the moment, but we're very clear that free movement ends. It's part of the core principles, the four key principles of the European Union. When we leave, Indeed, that's so is, that, is that a red ends. line? Is that so? You, you're saying we're part of a negotiation. You're expecting the EU to to negotiate on some aspects. Well, is it a red line for the UK that freedom of movement has to end March 2019? Well, it's a simple matter of fact that the four key principles of the European Union include free movement, and we won't be a member of the European Union when we leave. Free movement. Uh, so that is, that is Immigration Minister Brandon Lewis saying that free movement, quote-unquote free movement, that's the term, will end in, in the spring of 2019. So free movement is the ability to move within the countries in the European Union with no rules, I believe, or with very lax rules. The free movement ends in the European Union in the spring of 2019, he says. We're very clear that free movement ends. The UK is currently working on a Brexit deal with the remaining 27 member states that will determine access to 500 million European single market. At present, the EU remains in uh, its four freedoms, movement of goods, movement of services, people and capital the in 
extrudable and cannot be cherry picked. So if you deal with one country, oh, excuse me, bumping my microphone today, but uh, if you deal with one country, you deal with them all is essentially what that cherry pick goodness is. The UK is working to negotiate whether it can have the ability to end freedom of movement while remaining access to a single market. So whatever a so-called quote-unquote hard Brexit will need to take place that Britain outside of the customs union. The UK government has begun a study on the quote-unquote costs and benefits of the EU immigration that is due to be completed by September of 2018, just six months before it is actually due to leave in early 2019. It has already said that the 3.2 million EU nationals in the UK would be able to stay, but has not outlined new immigration rules post-Brexit in 2019. Rules to crack down on UK immigration are likely to reduce the number and amount of members are able to live and work in the country, something UK High Commissioner Alexandra Downer has repeatedly spoken out against in the past. UK Foreign Secretary Boris Johnson is in Australia this week, laying out the groundwork for a post-Brexit free trade deal with Australia. This was... P.S. This was a story from last week, uh, basically because of what happened last week. Don't want to go into it, but it, it, it's it, this is a carryover from last week. That's all I say. Visas are expected to be on the priority list for Australian Foreign Minister Julie Bishop, who wants greater access to be part of any deal. Dr. Andrew Carr, a senior lecturer at ANU's Strategic and Defence Studies Centre says the issue of UK visas for Aussie workers once Britain formally leaves the European Union is a big concern for the federal government. Quote, it's a parliamentary issue uh, and it's probably one that is closest to our hearts of a lot of Australians in terms of how they would see the relationship with the UK in the moment. So what? This, this, this video kind of... Uh, you know... Uh, uh, kind of does not, yeah, that, mm, I'm playing an ad. Uh, so this, this kind of explains Britain, uh, back to the, back to the economy for a second, because that's, that, that is, that is the main concern of Brexit, right? Is the, is the economy, and that's, that's certainly one of the main priorities of all of this is the economy, and this, this video talks about the economy is failing GDP to build much falls. momentum over the past three months, really, with second quarter GDP edging higher by just three-tenths of a percent. The UK economy has been in firm grips of a slowdown since the beginning of the year, and with inflation nearing four-year highs, the already slim view the Bank of England will, will soon reverse last year's emergency. Interest rate cuts are dimming further. We'll for more, to uh, let's go to London on the ground. Jasper Lawler joins us now from London Capital Group. Um, Jasper, what do you think of the, the latest numbers coming out from London? Good morning from London, Tiki. Uh, well, yes, I mean, it, it was a slight improvement in the... In
in the second quarter, but I don't think you can really deny that there is a bit of a slowdown in growth happening here in, in the UK, um, something that people have been looking for since the, the Brexit referendum, been perhaps a bit slower coming than most, more modest than most uh, expected. Uh, but I think the, the, the core concern here is that our economy has been much too dependent on services, much too dependent on consumption for a long time now, and it's precisely that area where the Brexit vote is, is hitting the hardest because this drop in the pound is pushing up prices and that's a squeeze on the cost of living because wages are just not quite catching up with this with this rise in inflation so you get into a, a stage now where growth is slowing but prices are rising which is not really ideal um, if that starts spilling over into the labor market then suddenly you're looking at a, a stagflation environment and suddenly things are looking distinctly less rosy for the UK We've had uh, the Foreign Secretary and the Defence Secretary out here, to, uh, the British one, out here in Sydney today uh, talking up uh, Brexit and, and confidence in Britain. Now, uh, I was just looking as well at uh, BMW saying that they're going to uh, put the electric mini in Oxford. I mean, is there any feeling at all that, that there could be some investment momentum somehow coming from somewhere through Brexit? Well, I mean, I think if you, if you look on the corporate side, actually things are still pretty good right now. And, you know, Britain's still a very strong economy. And so uh, the Foreign Secretary, obviously, uh, who is a big fan of, of the, the Brexit process in the first place, understandably talking up the economy. Um, BMW, that's a sign of confidence in the UK. You know, the Mini is a, a classic British car and they're keeping it British, which is a, is a great thing. And we've seen a lot of inbound uh, M&A now, a lot of acquisitions of British companies. Obviously, the drop in the pound makes those companies cheaper to invest in. Uh, but obviously, you wouldn't invest unless you're confident in the kind of longer term outlook of those those companies. So we've got choppy waters ahead. I think no one's no, you know, no one really doubts that. But the, the, there's still an underlying confidence that the UK can uh, can do well in, in or out of the European Union. All right. Um, and uh, just some brief uh, news on Lloyds Bank's profit. Yes, I mean, we've had a slew of corporate earnings today. And so uh, Lloyds, they, they've seen the best results in, in eight years. It was the, the first major set of results since they've become fully private because obviously the government took a state uh, stake uh, during the financial crisis. Uh, so now they're a fully private company. Uh, earnings are ticking higher. But uh, the problem is that there's still some legacy fines coming through. So PPIs, uh, which was uh, the uh, protection payments that were offered on insurance, you know, that uh, is still a problem. And in fact, they've yep. admitted to some other problems with mortgage arrears. So they're still paying back a lot out. And uh, that's obviously slightly damages this what is otherwise an improving profit outlook. Still good news so far. Jasper Laura, thank you very much. Uh, that is that is tricky. Uh, and uh, some guy there, I don't think it was had his name there. But that is that is from Sky News that audio there thank you for that sky news and it's it is important to take note of all of that as well because yes brexit is going to be this big kind of cluster of of issues that haven't really arisen or are a part of 
are a part of life, but don't really get considered in day-to-day -day activities. And that brought up, wow, bumping, again, bumping my microphone, hands everywhere. But that, that audio clip reminded me of something as, I, as we were going through it. What is going to happen to, say if worse comes to worse, actually, you know what, I'm just going to flat out say it. What if the UK ends up like Greece? Okay? Heaven forbid, I know that's probably never going to happen, but say if it does. What what happens then? What what happens if the UK gets to Greece style levels? They don't have the EU to bail them out. They don't have anyone to bail them out at this point. They're on their own. I'm sure allied countries like Australia and the US would chip in at, away at the UK and tell the UK, "Hey, hey guys, you're better than this. Come on now. That come on. Come on, UK. You can do it. You can do it. That's that. That's what they need to do. But what will they do? Is a, is another is another manner of fact. And that never occurred to me until we heard heard that that paying back the 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 government fees from a bank that has had shares in it from from the government it's it's interesting to think how much how much government involvement as well will happen after brexit occurs i know there's going to be a lot of government negotiations coming in particularly to next year 2018 and particularly when the uk finally exits the european union in 2019 but what's gonna What's going to really happen when, when this, you know, when this all shakes up and all takes place? And then once, of course, 2019 happens, we've got yet again another wave of elections coming through. 20, 2020 in the US, 2021, 2021 in the UK, I want to say. But definitely 2020 here at home. The UK is going to be left not in the dark, but it's definitely going to be out on its definitely going to be out on its own. Particularly, you know, particularly in that sort of case. And if, say, the US changes leaders and Australia changes leaders, what dynamic from the current positions of those people are going to be? affecting the UK and those trade deals that take place. I mean, granted, uh, politics aside, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be different, of course, in 2020 and 2021 than what it is currently. We'll leave that where that is. I mean, even if it's the same people in power by then, it's it's still going to be different because of the different arrangements and the different deals that can be made. You can have the same people today and have it be different tomorrow. Well, at least, at least you could think, at least you could hope so. But anyway, we live in hopes and dreams, right? Well, Brexit, we live in hopes and dreams. That's that's 
legitimately the saying of Brexit at this point. But, again, 2019, 2020 is going to be interesting as well. In 2021, I think we're going to see the calm of it all and how the UK is going to function out on its own. So there you go. As we continue here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday, well, it's our favourite new bit that is not, our favourite new segment that is not the, the, the one we used to do, but it's the review of a review. And, well, boy, howdy, we've got a doozy for you today. This one, pull out your iPhone and your favourite emoji, because we're reviewing reviews of the Emoji Movie. Coming up next... Right here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Kimball here with you, live around your hard drive. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure, as per always, on a Sunday. It's Hold on tight. This is the Generic Live Show. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. We're doing it for Geek.io. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here on a Sunday in the steaming hot sauna that I call a studio. Oh boy. It wasn't even this hot, like, in the middle of the day on a Friday, let alone Sunday at 9.53pm going on but thanks for joining us nonetheless here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's great to be here as per always. Now ladies and gentlemen it is time for because well because it is a very it's a very it's a very special person's birthday today and happy birthday to the one and the only CJ Boat ladies and gentlemen it is his birthday send Send some love his way. Uh, this is now the opening tune to the review of a review segment. This is where we take reviews and we poke fun at them. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the opening. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo. I'm going to play the whole thing, right? Is that how that works? Is that... Is this... A ding-dong doodly doodly ding-dong doo. Uh, how about we... How about we whisper? How about we whisper? That'd be great. I'm sure someone's. I'm sure someone's into this. Uh, do people? Okay. Now that I blasted your ear holes out, but do people like it when people whisper? I've never understood that. But anyway, moving on. Hey, sass, my dick. <laughs> oh, jeez, that's gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> How's it doing? Welcome to the Generic Live Show. I'm glad you can come along. And now that now that I've said your name out loud, this the that's just that's that's my day. That's a great nickname. Anyway, emoji movies. Now that now that you've come into the greatest part of the show, the emoji movie. Please, some please anyone reading the oh this is this review is called Cancer Incarnate, which okay, dramatic much. Uh, it's one star. 
Uh, it's from an, a reviewer in this vine neck of the woods, Australia. We don't normally have many, many Australian, uh, many Australian reviewers. So that's, that's very, that's very exciting. Uh, please, anyone reading this, do not go out and spend money on this quote-unquote film. They do put it in quotation marks. By doing so, uh, you'll be paving the way for the inedible mo emoji cinematic universe. Oh, God. Uh, what? Okay. Sidebar. The emoji cinematic universe. What does the emoji cinematic universe looks like? look like? Does it look like all of the animal... The <gasps> Zootopia emoji movie. How does... How does the Zootopia... Emoji movie work. I want to. I want to see how that works. Or fidget spinner the movie. I want to see that now. Never before have I deemed a movie to be evil, but at the very act of taking the icons you use on your phone to convey some sort of emotion and conveying them into the subject of an actual movie aimed at little kids is deeply sinister and shameless. That was a long sentence. A movie like what movie? A movie like this only further encourages the tech and screen obsessed children of 2017 to suck harder on the corporate teat that has consumed their entire short existence. Oh, jeez. Products like the Emoji Movie. Okay. That's a strange way of putting that, but anyway. Contribute heavily to dumbing down of the culture and will only succeed in producing even more mindless and brain-dead drones. Wow. This person, not a fan. Not a fan of the Emoji Movie at all. Not a fan. Just doesn't like the Emoji Movie at all. Uh, but products, products like the Emoji Movie contribute heavily to dumbing down of the culture and will only succeed in producing even more mindless Oh, I wrote that sentence. Just imagine for a second an entire generation of kids who grew up watching the Emoji Movie. I, I shudder at the thought. Cynical and shamelessly corporate crap like this quote-unquote film, again in quotation marks in this review, only contributes further to a degenerate and dying culture. I mean, we got away with the Angry Bird movies last year, and the Lego Ninja Go movie is still yet to come. How many children's movie has uh, have to come to this? Apps and plastic toy bricks now get greenlit into multi-million dollar movies. This is a child exploration by corporations at its finest. And the sad thing is that many people don't seem to care. Watching magical and inspiring films as children can help shape your morals, personality, and even artistic sensibility. I shudder to think of different types of people the Emoji Movie will produce. Okay, first of all, no one's making love in the Emoji Movie cinema. Just putting that out there. Uh, and I don't understand why why people would, uh, would say that. But anyway, we'll move on. Uh, this review, not a fan, just oof. But there's a way to... Uh, the thing with reviewer of review is we actually are reviewing the reviews. There is a, a way to get your message across and conveying it like this is definitely not one of them. This is not a way to convey uh, convey your message at all. But it, what... Uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely... It's definitely not... 
definitely not a way you should be conveying your message. But anyway, we'll move on. As we continue here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday, well, remember, remember back last year, there was some talk of a plebiscite in Australia for equal marriage. Well, we're trying it again, but this time it's different. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. We're doing it for Geek.io live and on your hard drive. It's 10 o'clock. <laughs> 